Whatever y'all did on the back-to-back -back in L.A., don't do it tonight. That team wasn't better than us. Be ready. It's easy. What you mean? Because I kind of had it going. Give me a chance to be great. I want to be great. Some people call those winning characteristics a group of hungry individuals. It ain't sweet. He can do everything. It's just nice. I'm trying to put the league on notice. I'm not that excited because we got more to do, so. Yo, 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 what up, Rick? How we doing tonight? What's going on, man? Well, I uh, we are starting this at the perfect time, so uh, welcome to any Wolves Watch listeners. We are live potting during the uh, fourth preseason game here for the Wolves, and it is happening as we speak. Just Game, game just tipped, uh, and the Lakers are playing... Pretty much the full squad, it looks like, tonight, which is great. Yeah, it looks like they got the full team out there. Wolves, no Rudy Gobert, no Carl Anthony Towns, which also means, like, not much to learn about the team other than that, you know, it's probably, you know, hopefully not a ton, but you got to imagine there will be some stretches during the year where that's the case, so maybe, maybe we'll learn something new here. But starting off, you can see right away why – uh, the team wanted to acquire Rudy Gobert. Uh, LeBron with five quick points. It's now seven nothing after Alani Walker made basket. Um, yeah, they're they're just getting everything they want so far against the Wolves. Yeah, and I, I will say this too. I I know it's preseason and we're you know less than a week away from the start of the season. I'm going to be really excited to not watch Nas Reed be in the starting five. <laughs> hold, hold, hold on yeah. a second. What what was that? <laughs> Are you talking about that Jaden play? <laughs> yeah. What? So, oh, man, if for some reason you're listening oh, to this. I'm yeah, Westbrook just threw the ball at Jaden. Yeah, yeah, Westbrook just hucks the ball at Jaden McDaniels for reasons unclear. Um, it doesn't look like they're even calling a technical. Chris Finch is apoplectic. I don't know. How that's not a technical, <laughs> if not even a technical two, honestly. Like, well, he just hurled the ball at him. Yeah, and we still haven't been able to tell what happened, but, I mean, a gross overreaction of whatever did happen. <laughs> it was some real rust shit. But yeah, I don't no know, this kidding. is the first time for me, Dan, I don't know if you have, um, first time for me seeing Russ and Pat Bev together. I know there was some talk that they were leaning towards starting Anthony Davis at the five, which they are doing in this game, yeah. in order to play Lonnie Walker at the four, or excuse me, at the three. Okay, they're showing this replay. This is nonsense. Yeah, I... What is... I don't understand that at all. You're right, that's just classic rush shit. But back to what you are saying. Uh, yeah, word has it uh, Darvin Ham mentioned that this may very well be the starting five when the season tips for the Lakers. And so it's Russ and Pat Bev in the backcourt, uh, Lonnie Walker at the three, like you mentioned, then AD uh, and LeBron. It's an undersized team for sure. Lonnie Walker is is not really a small forward-sized player in that lineup. But if he has earned this job in camp in preseason, you know, obviously that's what they were hoping is that somebody – one of these scrap heap guys that they acquired would do that. And so I think if you're a Lakers fan, your hope is that it's because Lonnie Walker has earned the role and not because that's just the best they can do. Um, but I would imagine if that was the scenario that they would probably, I think the best they could do lineup would involve Damian Jones or um, uh, Thomas Bryant. So this is actually a good thing for them as D'Lo hits a three. And gets a steal. Yeah, we need a lot more of that from D'Lo. When he does get open looks like that, he needs to be much more consistent knocking those down. Yeah, that was, the thing, that was just I, a I good had a wing look for him. It's just it's a nice look. And that you're right about that. Catch and shoot is not he is definitely a guy that kind of needs to wind up, which a lot of NBA players are. Yeah. Um, guys that need to take a dribble to shoot. He really likes to dribble into a shot. So if he could improve his catch-and-shoot game as Anthony Edwards hits a pull-up three. Absolutely a guy that likes to get a dribble before he shoots. Um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> loads up and shoots a three. Uh, nice little 8-0 run for the Wolves after uh, just a horrible start. 
Uh, but it just really goes to show, Dan, I mean, I think this tells you all you need to know about where the Lakers are at this year and where we think the Timberwolves are at is we have our, you know, at least what we think are the two best players in the team for the Timberwolves are out. Yeah. And I still would look at this matchup and be like, yeah, I feel like the Wolves should probably win this game. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. It's well, and it's weird too, because uh, it is indicative of everything that we talked about during our preseason pod when we mentioned the Lakers, which was outside of their top two, like it falls off a cliff so dramatically that when you look at a game like this, even with Gobert and Towns out, so this is a front court that has Kyle Anderson and Nas Reed, like this Lakers team should feast. But any work that they do, because you mentioned when we started the pod, LeBron doing work, getting points early. Well, it doesn't it doesn't really matter that much. Like it'll keep you in games, but it's not something that you can ride for an entire night without giving up a ton in other areas. You know See, I, mean? I I agree with you. And actually I think that's I'm glad you mentioned him because so Nas has gotten a lot of love here after his his good offensive performance against the Clippers on Sunday. He's got a lot of love from the local media. Um I don't I, I think we're probably on the same page about this, but hasn't really I don't think I and it's unfortunate for him. I just don't think he really is capable of providing what me what I'm specifically looking for out of that role. So even even him having these nice offensive games in my mind I'm still you know thinking that that's just not that's just not enough. No, I completely agree with you. I <clears throat> I actually came out of that game the other night and I joked here when we started recording that I was kind of sick of watching Nas Reed in the starting lineup. But part of the reason is because I was watching, it was it was not the last game, it was two games ago, um, and watching him just get absolutely torched on the wing where his guy kind of drifted out of the play and then got the ball on the wing and just, he was, I'm trying to remember who the matchup was, but he was too flat-footed to be able to stick with him, so his guy was just kind of getting a free run to the rim. And... You're right. Outside of his offensive production, which I think is good, like he is not a plus defender, even close to a no. plus defender. No, I mean he's basically the epitome of that conversation that we had on uh, Monday about what a center does and does not do and should and should not yes. do. <laughs> yeah, um, we keep coming back to that. Yeah, and I mean honestly, like he is—he's the Gerson Rosas poster child. One of Gerson Rosas. I mean that whole 2019 draft which is hilarious because they started out with the 11th pick and converted that in Dario Saric into Jarrett Culver. So you would, you would think that that was just an unmitigated disaster, but that they got, we've talked about this a lot over the years. Like if you just swapped the positions on these guys that they got Jalen Noel and Nas Reed out of that 19 draft was really good work. Yeah, it was Wenyan Gabriel. That's who was like absolutely torching Nas from the perimeter. Yeah, I mean that Riding. sounds about right. But it's just like this is the type of lineup where, and this is the thing is, there's nothing necessarily wrong with having an undersized center, which Nas, of course, is an undersized center. Um, it's it's just all about what what they're capable of doing from that spot. Like I just see this play, um, Nas sets a bad screen. Ant explodes the basket and still probably should have made it, but that's one where you look at it and you go, well, if that was Rudy Gobert, that's at that screen, that's a dunk. Yep, 100%. Um, yep, he frees up the space. Yep. Yep, and we so I watched <clears throat> a bit of Detroit last night, which is a hilarious sentence. Uh, yeah. It was also on delay. It was also a preseason game, and it was also against Oklahoma City. Yeah, how um, could you not watch that? I watched a little bit of that one, too. <laughs> 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 so, but Beef Stew is a good example of a guy where he, him and Nas are fairly similarly sized. Um, yeah. But Beef Stew, you know, his whole calling card at this point is his ability to switch on the perimeter. So, again, it's not, it's yeah. not, it's not simply a matter of well, you need to be this tall, this long, this, this, and that. It's, it's just about the the way you play. And I would also point to like Onyeka Kongwu right now with Atlanta at least to this point is played like a kind of a traditional role man center. And he's like six foot eight, you know what I mean? So it's like, it really, it's not a size thing. It's about how you carry yourself um, and, and what you're capable of doing. So um, I don't really know what our option there, I guess, you know, this is the nitpickiest thing because you, you know, for them to have an injury to either Carl or Rudy when games matter, 
um, it's lights out either way. So it's like, it really doesn't matter. But I would say from a roster construction standpoint, I, what the hell? I probably would rather see that third center spot um, go to just a token defensive center. Um, I'm having a tough time thinking of who is not in the league right now. It's, you know, like Hassan Plus, Whiteside and DeMarcus Dwight Cousins Howard. aren't in the league. Dwight, Honestly, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's a great example. Like, yeah. that. it's really, it's that kind of guy would be my preference, like an actual just true center. Um, but, you know, this is, a, this is a real nitpicky thing. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you two things about uh, about this game. Um, and weirdly, it's not Wolves-related. So the first <laughs> thing is... Um, do you have any do you have any stock left for for Lonnie Walker at all? I I don't think so, but yeah. you know, then again, it's like we were saying, if he did win the starting job, this is not exactly a Hunger Games situation, you know, like it's No. Um, but still it's it's at least something. Um, but how is that po- I the reason I even asked that question is like clutch. I can't, I can't, <laughs> that's why well, he's on the right. team, but that's right, not, right, right. I don't think that's why he's starting. But no, I can't believe like they said at the start of the game, like yeah, Darvin Ham believes this is probably going to be the starting five. I'm like, wait a minute, Lonnie Walker is going to be a starter in the league? <laughs> I was like, well, what? who else? What are their other options? I mean, when we watched them the other night, no, weirdly, were... I think it still is the better option. Like, I'm not kidding. Instead like, of playing a, a just like a center and having and shifting the guys down. I mean, probably just because, I mean, at least it gives you another like potential creator. Like that's really using that term liberally, but I yeah, mean, sure. you know, just like another guy that can he's go a guard. I mean, he's yeah. not a wing like this. He looks like Rajon Rondo right now. Honestly, he looks exactly um, like Rondo and exactly. he just made a great play there in mini transition, diming up LeBron. I, 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 yeah. Maybe I'm holding some stock. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean is it's like at least he's a guy that can like do some stuff with the ball. Like putting out a center, it's just like, all right, well, he can't do anything. Like he's better on defense. Well, and especially the but... centers they acquired because the centers, they they did it's they really acquired some weird centers, honestly. Like I would have thought, like I was saying with the defensive archetype with the Wolves, I would have thought that they would just try to find a statue to play next to Anthony Davis. Like for... Thomas Bryant, you know, has his, his, the reason why he's on this contract with the Lakers is because he's been injured. It's not because he's not a wasn't a good player prior to his injuries. But yeah, the he, style of center that he is, it's he's only, like a baby. He's like a bigger Nas Reed, yeah, a hundred percent, yes. But not even like a role man, though. Really, he's not like Daniel Gafford to compare him to a his old teammate. No, he's old school. Back to the basket, give him the ball and let him cook. Like that's. It's it's not good. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask is we've already seen there. It for any listeners, it is the six thirty mark in the first quarter. We've already seen Anthony Davis go down in a heap. Uh, luckily, <laughs> luckily, he got back up. But I just that's the other part of this man that we did bring up during the Lakers thing. I can't believe how low, and it is primarily due to injury, obviously, but, like, how low I am on Anthony Davis. Like, when I think yeah. about top players in the league, he just doesn't pop into my mind for a while. Like, if I was going to do my, like, you know, I was going to go and try and stack rank guys in the league, he, it would take me a while to get to Anthony Davis's name. I, I think until further notice, you have to think of him in, like, the Carl Towns tier of bigs where – they have some type of flaw that keeps them from being one of the elite bigs in the league. And with Davis, it might honestly just be health. Um, whereas with Cat, it's like just the, you know, the way that he plays. But, um, you know, there was that little period of time where, when it's so funny to say this now, you know, years into the future, but back when Cat was the apple of everybody's eye nationally, yeah. and he, he like consecutively won you know, best, you know, young player you choose to build around in the GM surveys. He had kind of passed Anthony Davis for a short period of very, very short period of time in the popular imagination. And then Anthony Davis has really cleared him the last couple of years, but we might now be seeing that kind of get toward the same place again. No, I agree a hundred percent. I was just going to say something really slanderous and, and I don't mean to do this lower than cat. It's unfair to, to Anthony Davis to make this comparison because he's been on a championship team, but like it's getting into like Porzingis territory mm. where it's like, hey man, if you're just never going to play, right? I mean, let's just call it what it is at this point. And so, anyway, going into the season, that is 
every time I see Anthony Davis on the floor, like I am really happy he's there. I just every game I've watched that he's in, I'm like, so how long before he gets nicked up and is not able to return to the game? <laughs> like, it's really, it's really not good, man. When you get to that, when you get to that place mentally with a player. So before these guys hit the floor, let me ask you because they did just play a bunch of no names the last time these two teams played a couple days ago. Right. Um, did you what did you like any of their no names that they played? There was a couple guys that jumped out to me. I thought that looked okay. Um yeah, I mean it was it was really distracting because it was it was the lineups they were running were like so ridiculous, but I did <laughs> Yeah. You know what insane. I mean? It was so it was like distracting almost at some points. Um I liked seeing Scottie Pippen Jr. play, even he though he was good minutes. <laughs> I mean, even though he was pretty bad, like objectively, uh, just not efficient. Not that he was bad; he was just really inefficient. Well, he let's be honest. Like, if his name was not Scottie Pippen Jr., he would not be in the league because he was a pretty unspectacular high school college. <laughs> yeah, well, and not right. NBA player. So, <laughs> well, the team. So I'll just kick it back to you because when you ask that question, it's like, well, the team shot like. If my memory serves, like barely over thirty percent from the floor, so it was like, it was pretty fucking yeah, it was ugly bad. at times. Yeah, so like, who did I like you Max like? Christie? Sure, okay. I thought he looked yeah. okay. Um, you know, you're really just looking for guys that, um, at this point, like the barrier of entry is so low. It's kind of like the old Jarrett Culver test um, to not just keep banging on this guy, but also a free agent. Um, <laughs> He um, for, any, but, for anybody that's interested, <laughs> but just you know, but just like a guy where like it, they just don't look like they belong on the floor. A very kind of a Simmonsonian type of take here, but like that's kind of what you're looking for here uh, with these guys. Is like if you put them in the game, do, do they at least have some semblance of like an idea of like where to go, what to do? They're not trying to do too much, things of that nature. Yeah, there's two things. I just pulled up the box score from that game. There's two things that I want to mention. Number one, uh, oh, I I mentioned early in this podcast that Wenyan Gabriel was taking uh, was taking Nas Reed off the dribble. I stand by what I said. The guy had two points in the game, so clearly he wasn't putting it in the hole. <laughs> Bro, Wenyan, was Wenyan Gabriel on the Blazers? last year when we went when we saw the Blazers play no 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 no. Wendy Gabriel was on the Lakers team last oh, he year. was on the Lakers yeah. last year that's right yeah you oh, played a lot man Jalen Noel just got ripped by Patrick <laughs> Beverly yeah that's some that's some former teammate on teammate crime there yeah that's and uh one more oh god yeah we need to probably talk about this game but anyway the last game against the lakers unfortunate that in a game like that where he was going to get some you know major run Dwayne bacon did not step up and play better it's what a weird career trajectory because he was like he probably started he's probably started like 70 games in his career like he was starting a lot of games i know it's not like it's damning with faint praise here but like uh you know, I mean, he was starting some games for Orlando when Orlando had, like, recently drafted Hazonia, for example, where, like, why not just play this guy? No, but, um, yeah, he was like a – yeah, I completely agree. That's why when I saw him in the box score, I was like, oh, Jesus, man, that was a game where he actually probably needed to, to show a little something. See, I was kind of hoping that they would dust off either uh, Tyreek Evans or O.J. Mayo – was kind of what I was hoping for. Sure. <laughs> I think Tyreek, I mean, Tyreek Evans did work out for some teams last year. Yeah, that's um, the one. I mean, well, not... Mayo's been out of the league for a long time, but they're, the obvious, I mean, there's obvious parallels here because they're both like former high school phenoms that eventually got banned from the NBA <laughs> for substance problems, but right. are both eligible to play in the NBA once again. Um, Real quick on this game, so the yeah. Wolves the Wolves just got like three or four opportunities uh, on a possession for no reason at all, just really bad Lakers rebounding, and all four times that we were preparing for a shot attempt, like really bad offense, like four times in a row. Now we have <laughs> now we have free throws coming our way. Nate, um, Nate, you know what? I just occurred to me, Dan. What's up? This is the Lakers team. I, I, I've just been sitting here watching it being like, yeah, man, they got some goofballs in here. Blah, blah. And I'm like, 
Wait, no, no, no. This is just their team. No, this is who's going to be playing every night. Every Oof. single night. The amount of effort that they're go- that's going to be required to win games, and that's where I'm like, not in this NBA, man. Like, no. Nope. I, I think they could, just like anyone else, I think they could beat anybody on any given night, especially if you know LeBron turns the clock back a little bit. Um, but to grind out an entire season, what they would need from LeBron and – if Davis was healthy from Davis is it's really, it's too much. No. It, and the other thing too, and this is what the Lakers team last year to a certain extent did as well is you kind of get like numbed. You like become really numb to what, what's happening. So you look at the floor like right now in this game and you go like, yeah, I mean, what's the big deal? Like Kendrick Nunn, Thomas Bryant. And you're like, no, no, no this is Austin Reeves. It's like, no, no, no. This is like the definitive second unit. Oh, like, for sure. This is fully healthy what the second unit will look like. This isn't like, hey, we're dealing with some injuries mid-season and we had to, you know, sign guys on 10 days and we had to – this is it, man. Like, is this Kendrick is Nunn the first player in the history of the NBA to miss an entire season because of Bruce Knee? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was whole, weird, man. That whole thing was super fishy. Super I'm, fishy. I'm curious. Here's something I'm legit curious about is uh, – is what Dennis Schroeder is going to give to them. Because to me, he's a real test case of this idea that's out there that I think is a little overstated that, you know, whenever there's a team that, like, just needs an extra ball handler, you know, you'll hear stuff like, oh, you can just get a point guard. Like, there's just point guards available. And I think Schroeder obviously being a free, you know, just available for them to sign right before camp I mean, you would think that he is too good for that. You know what I mean? Like, he should just be in the league. And I know that he has had, you know, he doesn't have the best reputation as far as just, like, being a dude to hang around with. But um, I'm curious if he's just completely cooked here because you would think he should have He should still have the Reggie Jackson portion of his career left. Oh, he should have a lot of his career left. Yeah, I mean, he should be... Like uh, a bottom ten starting point guard in the league, like that's, that's not, not not nothing crazy, but like, no, that's what I'm saying. He should have the Clippers Reggie Jackson run, like yeah. in front of him right now. Like this is what this should be like the start of it. Well, and it's weird too, man, because I thought I thought a lot about that too. Like he's just obviously his reputation isn't good, but I think about this when like the Spurs have like Trey Jones, they just have like a right. random, a random dude. And it's like those that's what you and I mean when we say you can just get a point guard. That's what we mean by getting a point guard. It's like pay, <laughs> paying them no money, getting them through the draft with like a second rounder or some shit. You know, that's what we mean. We don't mean like find Dennis Schroeder. Like that's usually not what we're referencing when we do that. Um, but yeah, he should be good, man. And honestly, they need him desperately. So like he's going to have every opportunity that that he needs here. I mean, just on pure talent, I mean, he should be like their third best player or fourth best player god this team sucks this team is garbage this is so bad i wonder what like anthony davis thinks like granted he's played on some really shitty teams i don't know if he cares man well like lebron's used to this like lebron i don't think lebron cares anymore no well i don't think he i mean this is just what he's been used to for a long time like there's been so many goofballs on lebron led teams yeah also, I mean, he hasn't, I mean, that, whatever. I mean, the bubble, I mean, kudos to them. They did win the championship. But, um, I mean, this this last, I guess it's just been two years, but these last two years have been very bad. Yes, agreed. And then this year's not looking much better. And so it really does have the feeling of, like, LeBron, um, you know, and there's no doubt that you get between the lines. He's still LeBron James. It's not like he's sitting there thinking, about all the other stuff he has going on. But I just, you know, at this stage of his life and his career, I just, I don't think he really cares like that. No, no, not at all. Um, let's see. Well, Jalen Noel has been really aggressive. I mean, dude, we should probably consider this. It's like, where would Jalen Noel be on the pecking order for the Lakers? Think of how much buzz Jalen Noel would have if he was on the Lakers. <laughs> Well, yeah, you saw, I mean, both of us, obviously, any NBA fan saw what happened with THT. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you're right. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't require you to be, like, a world beater to get the kind of buzz that. <laughs> so, I think, Dan, at this point, it seems like they, 
kudos to Jalen Noel for not accepting that whatever the Timberwolves lowball offer was for him on an extension. I'm sure they're just sitting. They they just have like probably like a three years, eighteen million contract, just waiting for him to sign it. Um, so there's obviously a lot of risk there because, like we were saying on the other pod, like the dude. Yeah, I mean he's made some. He, you know, he's made more money than you and you and I made the last three years. But um, right. he, you know, realistically, he probably doesn't have a lot of savings. You know, I think that's probably realistic. Um, so he's betting on himself big here over under 10 million for his co- next contract annually. The safe bet is to say under based on his, position. that's definitely the safe bet I mean, for sure um, for him to, well, so let's talk. I think what's more interesting is like what would it require. Yeah. More of that. Yeah. No shit. Um, so I think like, what probably needs to be asked is like, what would it require for a guy like Jalen Noel to make north of $10 million a year? True. And I think for him, quite honestly, he's already got one of the two pieces that's required. So like he's, he's a good offensive player. I think the biggest thing he could do offensively is improve his three point shot, like be a more consistent knockdown three point shooter. And then if he can just be a league average defender for his position, may like not be able to do that, but yes, I correct. Agree. But if he does that, it's a 10, it's 10 plus million a year. Oh, for sure. That's, that's the rate for that player. I, but I that's agree interesting. I wonder if a guy like, so I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with this idea that let's say, okay, let's say, let's say it's just 10, like it's just a flat 10. I would love it. I want the wolves to bring him back at any price, but like, I, you know, I'm very comfortable with, if he just is the guy he's been, no breakout or anything, four for 40, I'd be totally comfortable with going, going with that long-term. Yeah. Um, is there a $20 million difference in production between him, this on the bottom end, him and like uh, Clarkson, for example, and like, is there is Tyler Hero and Jordan Poole really twenty million dollars a year better? <laughs> you're at, you're asking the twenty million dollar question because this is this is predicated so much, at least in my opinion, on the jersey they wear. <laughs> so it's like, is there if Jalen Noel just It's just that role though. It's just like that's not a super valuable role. No, I agree, but I'm saying even the idea of a guy making that kind of money to do that kind of role, the only way that gets done. Yeah. is if you're doing it in the types of spots that they happen to be doing it. Because I promise you, if Jordan Poole is getting fucking buckets in Charlotte, he's not making that money. You know right. what I mean? It's just not valuable enough for somebody to pay. But when you do it in the right locations, it, you find your way to getting paid. Like, that's we just saw it twice. Or we're about we're to see it gonna. I mean, yeah. they've certainly telegraphed that they're going to. Yeah, I don't know what Steve, exactly Steve it is that they're guaranteed it. Yeah, I don't know exactly <laughs> know what it is that they're haggling over still. But, uh, um, well, yeah, well, but I guess for me, I just, I'm also deeply skeptical of that role, you know, going into the future. And I think about you know, Jalen Noel probably won't get as much as this guy, but like, I would feel really good about having Jalen Noel or having, um, Colin Sexton, or there was another guy that's there right up that just rolled off my head there. But, um, Kobe, you know, White. I, say that again, Kobe White. Yeah, maybe Kobe White, honestly, but like, I would feel like I, I it's not that I don't think that that guy has a role. I think every team could use a guy like that playing, between like 16 and 24 minutes a night. I just don't think it's a, a particularly scalable role. Well, here's what I'll tell you. There's a vast difference. We've now seen that role enough times to know the difference between it being done well and being done really poorly. So being done well is obviously your Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero. We'll see with Jalen Noel. The poor version, and again, this is about as poor as it gets, is the Devontae Graham signing. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's like, no, we, we see value in that spark plug role, that guy who can just get some buckets for us when our second unit needs it. And it's like, yeah, well, it, he's going to shoot like 33% from the floor. It's going to be pretty ugly. You know, and you are, and again, they got away with murder a little bit because that contract is, it's it's bad. It's really bad because he's playing well beneath the, the salary amount, but it's not like, obviously it's nowhere near the Tyler Hero money. That Tyler Hero is going to need to really grow as a player. Um, well, physically also, but like, I don't, to me, that's a pay for future production type of deal because I don't, 
which is a huge gamble. It's a big a gamble. Like that, that's a huge gamble. If you're betting, it's going to get a lot better. I'm just like a I, Forbes. I, I, yeah, I, dude, I just don't know about that role going forward. So I don't know. I just feel like you could, if you could, I, I, I don't know. Just like premium, I just don't feel like uh, there's really a spot for a guy like that in the top four of your salary structure. Um, because I don't even know what the max, what is a max version of that guy even, like C.J. McCollum, I guess. Yeah, but doesn't it feel insulting of C.J. McCollum? Don't you feel like C.J. Maybe, McCollum but C.J. Old- McCollum's a zero-time All-Star. Yeah, you're right, you're right. He's like and- maybe one of the better zero-time All-Stars, but like, that's <laughs> that's the truth of the matter. It's like he's a zero-time All-Star. Uh, no, I... Like, we're, they're showing Russell Westbrook, everyone talks about him now even retroactively, like he's always been dog shit. But like they're showing it on the screen. The man was a nine-time all-star. Like, yeah, I think we've gone a little bit. The pendulum has swung way too far. Way too far. Where it's like they. Well, now people are like, like no, he was always bad. Yeah. No, all of it was fake. It's like, well, it's a nine all-star games, so I don't. Yeah, and it was also it was a different NBA. It's like very. Yeah, I agree. Like the Westbrook of that time playing in today's NBA. Yeah, we've a, a lot. A lot of that stuff has been solved. I mean, his athleticism would still carry him pretty far, but, like, yeah, I mean, it's because the league has evolved and, like, what is required of players is different than what it was before. I mean, they yeah. were there was no thought of, like, oh, there's not enough space when they were playing him on the floor at the same time with, like, Cephalosha and Kendrick Perkins. You know, it's just, like, that's just, no, it's just what you do. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, well, so... Back to that point about the the peak of that that type of player and what that even looks like, it's kind of to me, it may go the way, and we'll see kind of how the league shifts. You know, you've been calling for it for years. The shift to a much bigger, more versatile player as kind of like the the peak archetype. If that happens, I mean, essentially, it's like a bit piece that you're gonna want to pay no money. Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, exactly. Like you'll basically get to a point where it's like, no, we love having that guy. We're just never going to pay that player more than $6 million a year. That's so why I'm very curious about, like, the Jordan Poole one. It's because they are not, they are, like, to say the least, they are not lacking in guys on their roster currently that are, are going to require big contracts. Right. You know, we're already at the place where it's like, oh, well, they've been kind of just looking for a reason to get rid of Draymond because they can't pay everybody. And it's like, well, you have to pay Wiseman next year. And then you have to pay Kaminga and Moses Moody the following year. Like, how's that going to all work? Well, and it's funny because you mentioned C.J. McCollum as a zero-time All-Star, and it's like, well, the only reason he's different in my mind is because he started for all those years. Whereas Tyler Hero and Jordan Poole are six-man players. Jalen Noel that we talked about is a six-man. Uh, C.J. McCollum, you're right, would have been that same exact guy. The only difference is it would have required Portland to have a guy better than him to start in the backcourt with Dane. Yeah, Anthony Simons. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let me ask you this. So you watched a little bit of the Pistons OKC game yesterday, right? Yep. Um, did, you, did you see Poku? Yeah, the point Poku bit. It yeah. looked good. Did you see that play where he, he like went coast to coast and then dimed a dude up for a corner three? Yeah, I get <laughs> I get why people talk about him the way that they do. Like I've I've given a hard time to NBA Twitter and stuff like that, especially late last year. Just in, uh, it's really just this point where it's like he kind of is looking decent. Yeah, and to be honest, like I I don't know what to do with it. I mean, again, you watch a no. game like last night. I did enjoy it. It was kind of like a it was one of those games where there were so many guys that I was interested to watch play, you know, individually, like not even as part of the team. I just was kind of locking in for like, I want to see what Killian Hayes looks like. You it know, I want game, game of his life. Game of his life. He looked, he looked amazing. <laughs> um, but no, uh, the point Poku thing was awesome. I loved it. It was, it was right. a lot of so, fun to watch. Really quick on Killian Hayes here. Um, they zoomed in on him and I just like felt bad, man. I was like, Cause the guy can't grow facial hair, you know? And I'm sitting here being like, God, the amount of scrutiny that even Dan and I have put on this guy, but everybody, um, and, and just how he's just a cursed man because KOC had him number one. And that's just like, he's just care. He just carries that with him like a scarlet letter, but like they zoomed in on his face. The dude can't grow facial hair. And I'm just sitting there being like, 
I mean, yeah. I I mean, he's bad currently, but like, if the guy can't even grow a beard yet, I don't think I can realistically say he'll never be good. Well, and let's let's be honest about it too. This is the you're right. It was the game of his life last night. The other shitty thing about Killian Hayes is everybody else, and Jaden Ivey is probably going to be the next the next guy, and Duran will be another guy like this. What they, like, everyone's it, a stud on the team. Well, yeah, everybody's a stud, or at least like when you watch a game, you can tell they're in the game, and you can tell what they do well. Where you're just like, whoa, look at that play, look at this athletic move, look at like look at that shot. Killian Hayes, if it takes him four or five years to develop, which at this pace, clearly, if he's going to make it, it will require it, that yeah, much time. It will have to. <laughs> yeah, like, we're just running out of real estate here. But it's so unfair because, like, all those other guys, he's going to have – it's just like you talk about all the time, man. For him to actually break through, it's likely just going to have to be on another team. Oh, yeah. Because there's going to be way there's too no much doubt about fucking – There's way too much fucking baggage in Detroit. Which doesn't yeah. mean he couldn't find a way to be productive in Detroit. It's just like there will be too much between him and the team. It's just too tough. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, speaking of Poku, this is what you do with Poku, and this is clearly their plan, is they're just stacking these guys on top of each other. Um, <laughs> can you imagine a front court of Poku, Chet, and Wemby? Yeah, dude. They're, they're about to have, like, again, things. a lot of things have to break right. Caveat. But... They are they are preparing to do Team's something like sick. yeah, just disgusting. <laughs> like, dude, and that's the thing about that's so wild about this all the like the false small ball talk is like okay, you have a team in OKC that is sac like sacrificing season after season after season with the pure idea of building the biggest team they can build. Yes, and what's funny about that too is like last night I'm watching that game. And it's a game where SGA doesn't play, which get used to that. Anybody who watches the NBA, he's not going to play a lot. Um, But I'm watching that game and like Josh Giddy is doing a lot of Josh Giddy shit. He shot like 50% from three. I was like, God damn, I love a lot of these guys on the team. Oh yeah, they're going to be horrible though. Oh, they're going to be, yeah, no, they're going, this is why the preseason is probably a good time to watch OKC is it might be some of the best rosters. Dude, I cannot wait for that first game against the Timberwolves because, I mean, I I think they started Jalen Williams. They did. The guard at power forward <laughs> last night. And uh, Jeremiah, my name is Robinson Earl, was the, is, the cent, is the starting center on that team. And that guy, it said Nas Reed is undersized. I mean, the guy is like the size of, and this is, a, this is the funniest thing, Dan. We were talking about like, it's just about how you walk and how you carry yourself. The guy is the size of like a standard small forward. But yes. it's just he just moves around like a center, so it, you don't even bat an eye when they go. He's a center. It's like Isaiah Roby. <laughs> you're like center. Yeah, he's a center. Is he undersized? Yeah, I mean, not really. I mean, yeah. What? How do you define undersized? Like he's six eight. I mean, tall enough. <laughs> he's he's a fun. It's that's a really funny thing that happens when you do tanks like that. Is if you were to just kind of stack rank their guys, you know. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is not, you know, exactly like making people imagine a really bright future there, but he's like one of their current day better players. And uh, you're just like, I don't really know what to do about that because we're hoping like 10 guys we have are going to be better than this dude. Yeah, so that's actually a really interesting thing you just brought up. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. When you're going through a rebuild, there's two types of players. There's your blue chip prospects, and those guys oftentimes are either not not playing a ton or they're bad in the moment or they're hurt or whatever. And then you have like these really stable young players that are actually picking up all the minutes, but yep. everybody including them knows that they're not long for the team. Like right. almost regardless of performance, you're not going to be on the team. Well, that's where you go with him. It's like you go, okay, well, Robinson Earl, if they had Chet, that's a very odd front court pairing. Not that that's exactly what they're trying to do now, but, um, you know, like build a cogent team. But you're still just like, I don't really get it. Um, but, yeah, that lineup they ran out yesterday, it was Giddy, Trey Mann, Jalen Williams, Dort, and Jeremy. It's like they're playing one big. It's Jeremiah Robinson Earl. It's it's ridiculous, man. He's the size of Torian Prince. <laughs> exactly. And he also, like, 
that's what I'm saying about a guy like Jeremiah Robinson Earl is like, it's such a, they love him. It's so well, weird. Well, and it's such a double-edged sword because like he, you want to be, if you're in his shoes, you want to be on a team like Oklahoma city because where the fuck else at 21 are you getting starter minutes, man? You know what I mean? Like this dude is starting basketball games in the NBA. And that's where you go. Like, I don't know. Is he a lot better than like Vernon Carey was? For example, I don't know. I just legitimately don't know. And this is why... Well, that's what I mean. He won't be long for the franchise when (laughs) their their blue chippers start playing because we know he's not very good. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. It's like Isaiah Roby. It's like no shot at Isaiah Roby, man. He's like a decent enough player. Ended up on a two-way with the Spurs. That's my point. Like, this is my point. You know who's drinking up? You know who this guy is on the Spurs this year, Dan? And he's actually starting is uh, former Timberwolf Kata Bates Diop. Hell you're yeah. Just like, you're like, okay, it's fine because, like, I get it. You do have to give, you know, if you're trying to have some type, wow, nice play, Jalen. Um, you're trying to have some level of accountability. You got to, like, play the guys that are doing well. But, like, he's a classic example of a guy where you're like, well, we're, we, like, we know he's not going to be around. Right. No, that's exactly right. That's, these are the exact types of players I'm referencing where it's yep. like, no, we're, you're like, we're, no, but we really want. Can you play Sochin instead? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's really nice to have you this season. We are thrilled. You're going to play a ton, and you're like, that's great. And it's like, yes, but under no circumstances will you be back next year. <laughs> like, there's no room for you next year. Uh, but no, yeah, the Katie Bates Diop thing. That's hilarious too because you and I both obviously we know who Katie Bates Diop is. Like, he's, he's not a high level NBA player. He's not. Um, he, yeah, he's just not a pro, man. Like. Not really, no. Um, and I will say this. It's it's about damn time the Wolves are reaping the benefit of this. We touched on this a little bit in a previous pod, but, like, the reason why, like, Bryn Forbes is a lot better than a lot of these guys we've been talking about. Yes. And it's not like the Timberwolves got some seal, like, unearthed some guy that nobody else knew about. It's just that there's really only, like, 18 teams trying to sign the best players and so it's not as if all 30 teams are casting that net. And so you just get guys that are available to you that because now all you care about is winning in the moment, you just go, yeah, oh, great, we'll take him. He's so much better than any other 11th man we could have. He's better than Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Better than Katie Pete's Diop. No, this is – I love that you're hitting on some of these points because that actually was brought up during uh, media day when Austin Rivers talked. As he was like, I didn't have a bunch of offers. And he, no. was like, he was like, I was actually hoping this Minnesota thing would work. Like making it very clear that it, like, it wasn't Minnesota begging Austin Rivers. It was, no. kinda, it was the reverse of Austin well, Rivers so being like, It's like, like okay, if there's 450 guys in the league – like Austin Rivers is not like the 440th best player in the world. You know, no, he's, he's like no. probably like the 290th best player in the world. You know what I mean? And so it's just that of those 450 roster spots in the league, how many of them are going to guys that it's we're, we're like it's a lotto ticket on? Even like a Killian Hayes at this point, it's like Killian Hayes isn't one of the 450 best players in the world. But, no. like, you understand why he's rostered. Correct. Yes. Um, no, that's that's really interesting, man. Because, yeah, we've never talked about that, but that happened with the Wolves forever with those Always. shitty teams. Where we'd be like, oh, we got we got this guy for a year? Like, okay. And it's like, yes, he's going to play a lot, but this guy, it's one Oh, I mean, the guy I always remember in that role is a guy by the name of Chris Johnson, I believe. You remember Chris Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> the real estate agent, Chris Johnson. <laughs> yeah, they brought him in in the second half of the year. He did pretty good. And we were like, we got to sign. This guy could be a starter. Yeah, dude. They're, well, and I mean, really, the whole roster every year was basically made up exclusively. They're placeholders. That's what they are. Yeah. They're placeholder players. And we were just made up of placeholders constantly. Damian Wilkins. Damian Wilkins is a prime example of this. Yeah. Although it lasted for a long time, like Corey Brewer was an example of this uh, at periods during his yep. Timberwolves tenure. Well, um, Corey Brewer was one of those guys where when you, it's basically Jalen Suggs is like our contemporary version of this, which is basically immediately once they start playing in the NBA, you go, oh shit, like, okay, well, they're not, 
the guy we drafted them to be. So yeah. Maybe maybe they can be something else for us. But like you've immediately given up on them being like a big part of your future. Yeah. Yeah, they're not they're not going to produce the way most high end lotto picks do. I mean, that's like how we did with Jarrett Culver, where we were like, okay, well, let's lower the bar a little bit. Clearly, we didn't just draft the future all star, which is what you're hoping you're drafting at that spot. But like, maybe maybe this guy can just be like kind of a thing. Yeah, it's funny how with guys like that specifically, the the fan base, the guys, the announcers, everybody wants like things to work out so so much for that player. I remember there were games where Jared we gotta Culver, hold on, hold the phone here. ESPN yeah. is showing like the Gobert trade, like trying to dump on it compared to the Anthony Davis trade. They're not. They didn't. Even, they they really highlighted the fact that the Wolves traded four first round picks. They did not have any of the draft picks that the Lakers gave <laughs> yeah, exactly. up. Exactly. I was gonna say there's draft picks in those trades too. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. They they most recently traded Dyson Daniels. New Orleans just got from them. Yeah, that's that's some chicanery right there. That's really masking masking the reality. That's that's a lie by omission. Yeah, that's um, some ESPN shit. No, but what I was gonna say, uh, what was I what was I mentioning before I got uh, sidetracked? Yeah, sorry there? about that, man. No, 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 no. You're good. I just wanted to finish that point. God damn it, I forgot where I was at. Random um, guys that. Just like fill the benches. Yeah. Chris. Oh, Jared Culver. Jared Culver. Culver. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So I remember vividly watching a game where, you know, it had been just a rough, rough stretch for Jared Culver, which was most of his career. And in he comes into the game and he had this dunk, like where basically he goes from the wing, he gets a step on his defender, he takes it all the way to the rim and dunks it. And the way that Jim Pete and Dave Benz talked about him after and how excited I was in the moment for that one play, you could tell like everybody was so desperate for something to oh, kickstart yeah. this guy's career. <laughs> Where it was like, there you go, Jared, there you go. And it was like, uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right about the Corey Brewer thing and guys that, you know, those high-end lotto guys, sometimes, unfortunately, you just know, you just know right away. And I think that's where we're at with Jalen Suggs. I mean, I, I think some people would say we're jumping the gun on that. I, I don't think so at all. I mean, I think it's like, at this point, to me, this is a crazy thing to say because everything really should be on the table for a guy that young. But yeah. based on what we've seen in the history of how these things go, he should, you know, Corey Brewer outcome would be a good outcome because more likely, more often than not, it's like Emmanuel Moutier. It's like you, you get yeah. like four years to do it. Yeah, when I think the problem with Suggs, too, and he has a teammate that's the reverse of this in Cole Anthony, where it's like when you watch Cole Anthony play, you go, yeah, I mean, he may be a backup point guard, but that guy's a fucking pro. He's at least an NBA player. Yeah, like that guy is a good NBA player. With Jalen Suggs, like you have not seen anything in his game yet that tells you like he's a legitimate NBA player. He looked the exact same in the preseason game that I watched. Yeah, it's not not good, man. Can't dribble at an NBA level. No, and there's also a, the the lack of ball handling coupled with the uh, the lack of athleticism is really alarming. Like, there's just not much in his game that allows him to to compete on a possession. Like, he just gets beat a lot. Yeah, it's it's too bad. I mean, that was a look. If we're gonna if we're gonna bring up uh, Kevin O'Connor's L on Killian Hayes, we got to bring up Sam Vecini's L on Jalen Suggs because man, did he love Jalen Suggs. He really did. Trap. He loved him. I remember, like, like his grade for Orlando when they drafted him was like, congratulations, you have your all-star lead guard of the future. And I'm like, wow, they don't really usually go out on a limb like that. I mean, the way they talked about Anthony Edwards, you thought the guy couldn't read. Yeah, um, no, that – well, and that's – okay, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> that just pisses me off to no end. No, and They're it like, does – Yeah, we always loved Ant. Number one pick. It's like, what are you talking about? Even Wolves fans weren't excited about him. No, when he when uh, draft next came out of that draft, like I actually thought I was like, do we have a guy that is just gonna like be playing for the Falcons in three years? Like, yeah, like what the fuck is happening? Because they made it sound as though it's like he's hardly even a basketball player. <laughs> like this guy, like, you know what I mean? And then they were using that then that notion to indict the class, and it's like, yeah, and if that guy's going number one, oof. Yeah, yeah, this college cornerback is going number one in the NBA draft. What a season. Yeah, it's uh, – well, and it, so to put a bow on that too, that's what had me so nervous when we were prepping for that draft, the Jalen Suggs draft, because – Oh, 21? Yeah, like I saw that same shit about Jalen Suggs, and I was like, 
the thing that the thing that worried me was the shot in the tournament worried the hell out of me because i was like oh Oh, man this is where we get carried away but then when Vicini got carried away i was like well he's he's not like a rube like this guy's not getting i think what he perhaps i've and i've stated this theory before it's like i think sometimes when you know you're you watch so much non-nba basketball is you get really used to the rhythms of that and that's why like when we watch it when i watch a college game because i only watch the nba um it's the nba type of stuff that sticks out because it's like that's just what i'm used to seeing um but yeah that was a that was a weird one i mean that one we got pretty lucky on that one because we've taken i mean i've taken some big l's like we got to talk about l's here i mean uh i didn't have anthony edwards number one um, I wasn't excited about Anthony Edwards. I really liked um, what's his face. He's on Indiana now. I think he might not even be uh, Naismith, Aaron Naismith. So, um, <laughs> big, big Naismith guy. <laughs> I I sure was, but you know that twenty one draft we can take a victory lap on. Came out really strong on Duarte, who I love now, but I'm just saying Duarte, Davion Mitchell as the old guys, but Jalen Suggs also getting the same type of thing, like quarterback on the floor, leader of men. It's like, well, they're, they're all boys. All right, whatever. Leader of men, all these things. And we were like, just look at the history of these guys. They always get overdrafted. It never matters, blah, blah, blah. And we, we were fortunate on that one that we were correct on that because that was, I mean, that those are the type of picks. And we said it at the time, but like, the Kings taking Davion Mitchell last year, if they would have just drafted any guy that was like 20 years old that got drafted in that kind of general range, you'd be more excited about like that as an asset. Yeah, and I think the other thing too, man, about that, I'm glad you brought up that point about this this player type and the way that they're talked about. The reason it doesn't work is when they come in, like, yes, they're leaders, maybe in high school, and college, whatever, And so they have those leadership qualities, which is undeniably great. Like you want guys like that in the locker room. The problem is leadership only matters if you can match it with at least a certain level of basic competence. You got to be better than the guys. Yeah. 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 Or at the very least, like you need to be able to compete with those guys. Like you may not need to be the best player, but God damn it. You certainly need to be able to compete at that level. And when you can't, it's just like, well, none of that shit matters then. Like, because nobody's going to care. It's like, bro, you might not even make the team. What are we talking about? Yeah, you might not make the team. Uh, on draft stuff, too, did you see any of the highlights uh, like in the preseason here or tonight specifically of Ben Matherin? No. Did he look great? Jesus Christ. He had 27 tonight. He looked so good. Dude, these last few drafts have been crazy. But this draft, I think this draft, they, people slept on this draft. I thought this draft was really strong. No, it had me reconsidering my point about Indiana, to be honest with you, where I'm like, is he going to fuck around and get them to, like, 26 wins? No, <laughs> no, no, no. There's no way. I mean, like, it's just not possible. But, like, that is – that's that's an ex- – if, if it's a hit, I mean, that's a very exciting piece. And, like, those are the draft picks that are very difficult because when you get past a certain tier, you get a bunch of guys that are lumped in this group and the truth of the matter is, let's say Ben Matherin does become really good, like an all-star level player. There are guys that are drafted in the immediate range of him that on draft night, if Indiana had drafted them instead of Ben Matherin, would have gotten a similar grade, and they will be out of the league. You know, And so it's, it's, really, it's really challenging um, to draft in that range. We were just talking about Jalen Suggs, like, Jalen Suggs was the fifth pick last year. Everybody drafted around his immediate vicinity is just like lapped him as a prospect. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're a team like Indiana that, you know, you, it, it's just a really different position than like OKC is in or Orlando or Houston or Detroit where they have, they have so many more guys already in the building that Indiana really kind of needs to hit on that pick. Just like San Antonio really needs Sochan to be something because they just don't have a lot of guys in the building yet. Right. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because Indiana, like, after watching that, between, you know, obviously the the Halliburton trade. Okay, that was a sniper shot by Nas Reed. Yes, it was. And that's... Quick release. Yeah, that is what Nas gives you. Uh, That was a nice bucket. 
Uh, Timberwolves pulling away. Forty. Yeah, we are destroying this, this team. This team sucks. Yeah, this team is garbage. Um, <clears throat> we have so much more firepower than they do. It's just insane, dude. Poor, poor Austin Reeves. Every time he touches the ball, it looks like he wants to get rid of it immediately. Yeah, we got um, Nas Reed cooking Anthony Davis as he does. Yeah. As and Jalen Noel over Anthony Davis. Yeah, this is this is encouraging from this second unit. Dude, the oh, Iowa Wolves Lord. team of 2019 was good. Yeah. Uh, no, but what I was going to say is, like, Indiana, they yep. have more trades to make with Buddy Heald and Miles Turner oh, remaining. God. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, Jesus you're good. Christ. And you have, you have Math, Matherin and uh, – oh Tyrese. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, you have – wow. Yeah, Matherin <laughs> and uh, Halliburton in the backcourt. And so, like – it's actually gotten to a point where I looked at, I was watching them earlier and I just go, no, they could, they're going to be terrible this year, but if they can get into the sweepstakes, get one of those guys and they can, Oh yeah, definitely trading those last two vets. Like they'll be good. Like next year. (laughs) Oh dude, they, I, somebody brought this up and I wish I could credit them. I apologize. Um, may have been Zach Lowe. I apologize, uh, here, but they brought up that the Lakers are a big winner in Wembenyana's you know, show out in Vegas because, you know, suddenly there could be teams that are, Indiana was the team they brought up, like straddling the fence of whether to go all in on tanking and maybe their owner would see that and just be like, yep, go for it. And ergo, if they weren't willing to take those Lakers picks, they would reconsider it. I think Indiana, I don't know what Indiana's waiting for. I don't know why they wouldn't just make that trade. That is a great trade for them. Well, if it's on the table, it's malpractice to not not complete it now because what's going to happen is, and they mentioned this on the pod you're referencing, what the Lakers can get for those picks can only get better over time. For sure. You know, so it's like if you're Indiana, it's like, no, you actually want to do that one right now for like a, for a bevy of reasons. But like, that's a big one. It's like, don't miss out on getting an opportunity to grab those picks. Yeah. Those picks, you know, obviously they could, you know, they just beyond beyond the fact that they they could become genuinely good players way down the line. It's just like the flexibility of what you can acquire for those picks is just so much greater than what's available to you trying to trade Miles Turner, as they know, because they've been trying to trade the guy forever. Yeah. But um, yeah, you got to imagine there's several teams that kind of fit that bill as D'Lo dribbles into a three. Nice, nice D-low night, looking spry too. No, he was he's looking a little good. stiff the other night that I was, you know, wasn't too stoked about. But um, that D-low three was the eighth of the night for the Wolves. The Lakers are one for sixteen from the three-point line. Oh, we are just cooking these guys. I mean, yeah, that's going to be a common theme again. The Lakers last year they had a shooting issue and they just oh, chose not D-low. to address it. Yeah, I mean this. I'm wondering now, I think this is since the half's about to wrap up and we'll we'll call it at halftime. Yeah. Um, are you getting any concern here? Not about the why they haven't gotten to play together, but just about like not having the chance to get any reps yet with Cat and Gobert. I am, yeah. I don't like it. I they do have two more games left in the uh, in the preseason here, and it sounds like the goal is for both of them to play in each of those games and then just like we talked about on our podcast over the weekend, they have two weeks of very easy games to lead into the yeah, season. Yeah, Poku and Robinson Earl is the first uh, front court that they get. Yeah, so we'll get to yeah, – yeah. We'll get to, <laughs> I, I honestly – just saying that out loud, Dan, like I actually don't know how it would be possible for them to lose that game. Like just yeah, straight up. I don't yep. even get how that's possible. Yeah, because you would assume that like – there's just going to be way too many opportunities for very easy baskets for the Wolves. <laughs> like, there's going to be so many dunks. <laughs> um, but no, and well, and here's the thing too. Like, I think it's probably just worthwhile to to get a. Uh, and Dilo is playing his ass off right now. Yeah, he really is. He's had a great half. Um, but no, I was going to say, like, get a temperature check from you and I on that situation because it's really important that early yeah, in is. the season, like we get the cat and Gobert thing, like relatively stabilized and figured out before we start playing real meaningful games. <laughs> like, and I'm talking like before, like even the 10th, 12th game in the year, I like, agree. We, we at least need to know a little bit. God damn. Uh, dude, I'm, they are, they are like really taking it to them right now. Yeah. This is a, this is a bloodbath right now. 
Like, we are not, like, in the same tier type of thing. Yeah, the Lakers have missed the last 16 three-point attempts. God damn. Ugh. Who's this guy in the corner, this white dude in the corner? It's not Austin Reeves? No. Who is this guy? Austin Reeves is the other white guy. Who is this guy? I'm going to have to pull up a fucking box score on this podcast to figure this out. Yeah, I don't know who that is. You you know who I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, you I don't see know that who guy? that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Let me I've look never here. seen him before. No, I haven't either. That is Matt Ryan. <laughs> that is, what? That is, yeah, that is Matt Ryan. He's played in exactly one game. Matty uh, Ice. There's yeah, no but, way they don't call him that. Yeah, well, they have to. Yeah, he's tw- he's 25 years old out of Chattanooga. Okay. Uh, he, I'm sorry. He's a he's a white <laughs> Matt <laughs> Ryan that went to Chattanooga. <laughs> Matt Ryan. He's played in one game. He played for the, the Celtics last year. Oh, man, that was yeah. his, his only only year in the league. Played in one game for five minutes. All right. Matt, Matt Ryan. Matt fucking Ryan. Well, at least <laughs> that's so perfect. Because <laughs> I, thought, I thought it said Ryan on the back of the jersey. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? It's like I've never. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Can't make that shit up. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap for everybody. Um, this is really fun, Dan. We'll do a bunch of these this year. Yeah, we need to. We Wolves need to. looking unbeatable here with their yeah. uh, B squad against the Lakers. Yeah, we're about to hit halftime, and it should be, I mean, I'm assuming unless something terrible happens, this should be a win, which would be an undefeated streak continuing through the preseason, which is exciting. Um, I would. What's funny is in every other game that you and I have like texted about, we've always been like, well, we'll see what the second half brings because usually – Obviously, your starters are playing a lot less minutes against this Lakers team. It really doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, actually, here's the one little quick aside. Why is Jordan McLaughlin up? Is he, he didn't get hurt, did he? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. The rest? I haven't seen him at all. Um, well, well, we'll know by the next time you guys listen to this pod. But Yeah, maybe. Well, they did play Austin Rivers a lot earlier than they have in previous games. So maybe they were just trying to get him a little, him some love. Because him and Brent Forbes have both played in this game. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of the night. We'll be back on for a bunch of these here as the season season kicks off here. All right, peace. Yep.